that's great. So good. Yeah, I, li- I like that kind of highlighting self mastery and just empowering people. You know, like you are mm-hmm. you are a, a rational creature, and you can you can uh, be an ordered being. You know, and a lot of it we just have to will it, and we have to see our agency in it. So yeah, that's that's really helpful. Now, <clears throat> Bill, how do you see TOB as an antidote to the sexual confusion that we, we're experiencing today, you know? And this is like, you know, with same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria or just even a, ho- a host of starting points. Maybe people, maybe not even wanting, um, they're, they're sort of abhorrent to the idea of being a gift, an intimate gift to a person of the opposite sex or... Maybe they're just so addicted that they they can never see themselves as 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 a gift in marriage or mm-hmm. or even the gift in in a sacramental calling, you know, <clears throat> or the priesthood or whatever that may be. Yeah. What how do you how do you think TOB is a is a is an antidote to that confusion today? Um, first off, I firmly believe it is. Mm. Thank you for bringing us back. Uh, this is. I think the golden key, and I believe it's Genesis 2.24. Genesis 2.24, embedded in it is, the two shall become one flesh. Mm. The two shall become one flesh. To me, this is the golden key, Genesis 2.24, that will, through theology of the body, will bring us home. God's plan is to create this complementarity, this kind of dance. Every one of us that exists only came into the world by this dance of two. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, our life can be fragmented, can be broken, splintered, dysphoric. we got all kinds of crap we're dealing with. And, you know, coming from a, couple, a family that divorced, my parents divorced, which was a long time ago, it's still an open wound. Mm-hmm. I'm 54 years old. My parents divorced when I was 15. It's still fresh wounds. So the theology of the body despite all the disorienting things that have happened in our lives, the two shall become one flesh is sort of the lodestar. Mm. What does that mean? It means I, I have an origin. Mm. I have a mother and father and it's bigger and, and deeper and, and more ancient than just my biological parents. Like the Lord mm. in the beginning created a dance and the two shall become one flesh. My whole life is about this return to a communion. And I see it as not just, you know, my father wound, my mother wound, but my faith and reason, mm. my mm. body and soul, the divine and the human, heaven and earth, right? Everything the Lord wants, he, he, he's, he's always saying this, like, I want communion. Yeah. And everything that takes us away from him is, is disunion mm. and disruption and fragmentation. So for me, theology of the body has has been this constant echo, echo of the two shall become one. The two shall become one, the bridegroom and the bride. And I, I may have been unfaithful. I may have been distant. Um, people are dealing with all kinds of issues and struggles, but it doesn't mean we, we say, well, this doesn't apply to me. You know, yes. we have a movement in the dysphoric world, right? Of like, I'm non-binary. And with sensitivity and, and love and reverence and compassion, I want to address that. Mm. Okay, if someone's feeling that they're non-binary, identify as non-binary. I just want to—I just want to put a, an objective word out there. That's impossible. Yeah. Mm. yeah amen. You, 
you are called to communion. You are not a ghost haunting the yes. world. Uh, we, we can't be homeless from our own body. Mm-hmm. There may be a lot of work to do. By the grace yeah. of God, we can do it. But you are your body. Yeah. This is what we teach the Institute. You don't have a body. You are a body. <laughs> right? You don't have a body. Like it's extraneous to you. Mm-hmm. You are a body. And the Lord, through theology of the body, is, is, is gifting us with this return. This one flesh union. Yeah. It's possible. And I can say, yeah, but I just don't understand. I don't get Jesus as a bridegroom. I don't understand. I don't even, I'm not comfortable. My own body. Back to our point. Rest by the stream. Rest. Watch the wildflowers grow. Just be present. Sit in the church in adoration. Just realize he's saying, this is my body given up for you. Okay. I don't really understand it. I'm at war with my body. Mm. Okay. But he's saying, this is my body given for you. Whoa, given for me? I don't know how to receive you. Be still and know that I am God. Mm. This is my body given up for you. Whoa, okay, okay. And we start to settle and realize that two shall become one. And I feel like eventually with with grace, the walls will start to come down. We'll start to reestablish communion and healing. And our resistance, you know, will start to... I'm so glad that you're, the ministry you guys are doing is incredible. The people listening in right now to this conversation, I'm sure, that you have created space where you can yes. talk about this stuff. Sure, yeah. And not not just say, okay, I yes. celebrate you. Go go try whatever you think will make you happy. You're like, no, wait. Don't please don't do that. Yeah, yeah. right. Let's let's come home to our embodied life. Praise God that you're opening up conversations. Like well, I, I love that, Bill. I mean, I think I think Andrew Comiskey was the first one who really kind of exposed me to that possibility, you know. So when I when I came to Living Waters, I was in the seminary, and I had, you know, um, we had a great professor, Peter J. Colosi, uh, teaching us theology oh, of the yeah. body at at the seminary, uh-huh. and and uh, <clears throat> I remember just kind of thinking like, okay, this this I mean, it's, it's beautiful, it makes sense, but I always felt a little outside of it because of my experience with same-sex attraction, and there, you know, there was no TOB for the LGBT, so I'm like, where do I fit into this, you know? Um, I was just quite naive in, to the whole to the whole thing, and uh, I remember coming to Living Waters, Living Waters training, and Andrew just kind of, it, it, it made sense, like deeper than the fracture is a, a, a a, a, a fullness that God wants to restore, you know, and I'm not, I don't have a pass to bypass um, the, the demands of what it means to be a sexual being as a man made for woman and vice versa. Not to say marriage is the end of every story, but it's also not to say that I'm yeah. out of the dance because of some proclivity, you know, and yeah. TOB was, was kind of the doorway for me to to understand that person very personally, like, whoa, that that's a total game changer because I'm in the seminary um, because I love Jesus and all of that, but also because I'm kind of afraid of the idea of marriage. You know, I think we can just say that like I I wanted to be a celibate because it's like, well, what what else am I going to do? But T.O.B. opened the possibility of, well, wait a minute, don't don't just cop out into celibacy because you're allergic to marriage. Like, mm. <laughs> 
don't do that. Like you got to enter into the dance. Even if you you feel like you're clumsy or you feel like you're going to step on toes or make it awkward, but you got to enter into the dance. And I, I feel like that's a hallmark of John Paul II. I do want to, I want to rouse us to that uh, just in general that he's calling us into the dance, you know, and that no one is outside of that. No one's outside of that dance, you know, and you may be struggling with a host of things, but that doesn't mean that that's your destiny. Your identity is not your fracture. Um, and I, I, I think JP2 is actually quite prophetic in that, especially to, to those of us who experience vulnerabilities to same sex or um, to, to gender dysphoria stuff. So, yeah, amen. I, I think it's good news. Mm. You know, and we're so grateful yeah, to partner with you guys in this. You know, yeah, <laughs> we need it. No, praise God. I mean, I do feel like we're um, just a, a big band of, of brothers and sisters yes. who have have been refreshed. I mean, you know, getting personally restored and then yes. realizing, like, I want to share this with every person. Amen. Right. I love love what you just said. There really is no avoiding the dance. And what breaks my heart is when we we think we we think there is another way. Yes. And so we. We end up, you know, we make God in our image or we change mm-hmm. him. You know, people, people do things like, I remember being at a, I forget it was a retreat somewhere in this religious order of sisters. Well, they said, in the name of the creator, the redeemer and the sanctifier. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that language for the first time thinking, that's kind of bold. You're changing <laughs> who God, like what? Hey, like what? You know, or you, you rip out. You rip out masculine pronouns, or you, mm. and there's some intention in there somewhere to say like, well, I don't want to hurt people's feelings or be attentive to their wounds, but it's, but then you think, yeah, but you're changing the fabric of God's reality itself and how He reveals Himself. Mm. He is the bridegroom. Yes. He is the loving Father, and and we're we're gonna put ourselves into that position of complete disorientation, distance from ourselves and Him. If we if we start tinkering with who he is, yes. yeah. the real call, the real healing is isn't like I'm gonna change reality and celebrate me or else. The the real healing is like let me receive reality. Yes. Mm. Let me receive the word of God and, and not say like, well, it was culture bound or you know, in first century Palestine they would have <laughs> no, God's bigger than that. Yes, like amen. don't 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 do that. Make yourself, and that's, I think, why Jesus wants us to acquire the heart of a child. Mm. The heart of a child who can say, like, I trust you. Yes. I trust you. You know, it it hurts a little bit. I feel funky. I don't understand. But I trust that you have a plan. And and you're going to reorient me and reestablish me. And it's going to be better than I could ever imagine. Yeah. On my own. Or with my own construct. I think one cool thing, uh, we read TOB together yes. uh, with Andrew, uh, kind of like as a, uh, a, a small group, and it was, it, I rem- mm. it was really yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was kind of... It was, I mean, it was, it was quite a... It was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> but it was work. It was work. It was wonderful, though, and like the language that JP2 uses, and just one word um, that he used in regards to, I think, Adam seeing Eve was like a, a fascination for the other which yeah. I really, I was like, am I fascinated by woman? As a guy who struggles with same-sex attraction, I feel like that is a challenge. Am I am I fascinated, you know? Or am I just mm. copping out into like, well, I'm not really attracted to her. Or, you know, oh, I'm, I'm like her friend, but I'm not really, not really what I'm saying in that is I'm not a man for her, you know? 
be it my sister, mm-hmm. my coworker, my mom, whoever, my bride to be, what, whatever the case is, like, am I actually fascinated by the mystery of her, you know? And yeah. it called me out of myself. I remember reading that and thinking, I, I don't cultivate a fascination for women. And uh, that's my responsibility. I have to, I have to own that. And Lord, let me activate in that. Let me see her and let me restore some wonder. Like, whoa, that's a, that's amazing. And, and it was in that reality, not, not to sound so Gnostic. It was also very practical, um, in my yeah. life. It act, it actually awakened me to, to pursue woman, you know, <laughs> in a way that I hadn't mm-hmm. before and, and to mm-hmm. love a woman and to marry a woman. I just think that language stuff that John Paul II uses is actually quite transformative. Those words are, they have, they're full of meaning and, they're provoking to those of us who are quite uh, maybe lazy, slightly slothful to our own proclivities that we don't want to be challenged to come out of oneself, to kind of test the limits of our gift giving, even to the point of being rejected. You know, yeah. that doesn't mean that we're not a gift if we're rejected, but we got to keep giving the gift. This is probably more to men because we're more activated, you know, to be the pursuer. I mean, that's just the reality. I look at some of the, so many of these men who struggle with same-sex attraction, and I'm like, dude, you have so much healing under your belt. You could be such a great husband. You're not going to the seminary. I see you. You're not doing anything in that regard. Like, And you kind of like her. I see the way you see her. I see the way you talk to her. Like, What is taking you mm-hmm. out of the game? Are you cultivating a fascination for her? You know, And if you are... Like, take her for coffee, you know? <laughs> you know, it's so practical. It's not like, oh, I'm fascinated with her and I'm praying a rosary for her. It's like, okay, but do something, you know? Relate to her, talk to her, compliment her, anything. Oh, man. And I feel like that, I don't know, that's been a call for me and I'm grateful for that provocation. Yeah. I love that you just opened <laughs> up that rich, that gold, gold mine right there an hour in as we're trying to wrap it up. I'm like, yes. I want to go for another hour. I know, we could. <laughs> No, I did. It brings up in kind of an interesting point we don't have time for, but sort of, sort of the masculine initiative. It's so beautiful, mm-hmm. and women in a beautiful way, but sort of are put in that position of of waiting. You know, yeah. so TOB was. I mean, I love it, but I do feel like sometimes as a woman reading it, you're like, yes, great, and I will wait to be received by this man who's fascinated by me and sometimes it's like wow you know this is just the state of being woman it's beautiful but there is there is a uh we do have to wait Mm -hmm. and yes i think women have an easier time being fascinated by men i mean maybe men seem to be a little less complex (laughs) in terms of the fascination (laughs) it's not like i don't understand him it's like i don't understand why he doesn't (laughs) like me i don't understand why he treats me this way but i think receiving is yeah you you have less control so it's beautiful so as a woman who's like yes i want someone to be fascinated by me come on men do it do it man i mean not that women are perfect and you know fascination allows us to objectify like in a good way like no this you're a good gift like i'm fascinated by you because you're good enough yourself it's not like oh i want to use you to name me Mm -hmm. and make me feel secure women need to be better just being like wow i really love his masculine initiative his strength that's good for me just because he exists Mm -hmm. that's a good lesson for women but also yeah as a woman Please activate, man. Yeah, amen. Do it. 
Do it. Do it, because we can only do so much. Yeah, what do you have to lose? As the receivers, we can only do so much, and I think that's beautiful. I want to be a receiver. Of course, we give ourselves, but the initiative often belongs to him, so that puts women in a vulnerable state. So men, do it. (laughs) Just do it. I feel like there's there's been a theme in our chat the past hour of... um, and I think it's very much in, in John Paul II's whole vision is this idea of beauty and wonder. And you, and you think fascination now. Mm. Here, and here's the thing. And I feel this is great because it's like the bookend of, the, of our conversation. A month before JP II became the Pope, so this is September of 1978, he gave a homily in which he said, we must wonder. Mm. We must create a climate of wonder. And then he said, wonder is needed so that beauty might enter into human life. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've been so haunted by it when I first discovered that quote a while ago. Um, the fascination and the wonder is really opening up to the other who is not me. Mm. This is the whole, this is the two shall become one. Right? Yeah. It's, it, it breaks narcissism. Mm-hmm. It breaks isolation. It ennobles and calls us to courage. It calls us to leap out of ourselves, to allow ourselves to be still, and then to be fascinated by the other who is not me. Mm. It's like the antidote, right? It sets you on the trajectory of being human. Get out of your own head for the love of God. Literally, (laughs) you've got to get out of your own head. Yes. And when John Paul says that, right, we have to create a climate of wonder so beauty can enter in. Um. You know, I, I was haunted by that phrase about being fascinated mm. uh, by the other in, in the theology of the body catechesis, too, that, that Adam and Eve were, were, there was a fascination, a mutual fascination. And years later, at the end of his life, John Paul II talked about his own journey as a man, as a celibate priest. Mm. He said, a long road uh, took me um, to come to allow myself to be dazzled by a woman. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Wow. What a guy. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm reading him like, oh, that's God, awesome. you just dropped the book. Like, oh, my God. Drop. I, uh, his, his own path as a celibate priest, yes. as a man, says, I, I allowed woman to dazzle me. Wow. And, and, and what is the fruit wow. of that? Wonder. Yes. Awe. Yeah. Reverence. Gratitude. Mm-hmm. Amen. All these things are so good to build out healthy, good relationships, right? And there's no, there's no grasping there. There's yes. no appropriation. There's just yeah. Amen. fascination that wow. leads to reverence. And that's the way to go. That's what our culture needs. Big time. It's amazing. Now, Bill, to close up here, this is so good. This is so good. Yeah, this is amazing. Inspired. Yeah, me too. Um, are there any lesser works of JP2 that you would recommend to our audience? Like, obviously, J, um, you know, the, the TOB is, is, um, I mean, it's it, it it's quite big, so uh, it it may may seem to some as yeah. inaccessible, but may seem to some as like yeah. I'm I'm eating this up. I know people who who really do love just kind of diving into that. Um, but would would yeah. you recommend any other sources? Not to say that John Paul yeah. II is super accessible; he's quite heavy in the philosophical area and, and whatnot. Yeah. But what would you recommend to us? Yeah, thanks for that question. I would a, a quick um, word about the theology of the body catechesis. He he writes in a way that is a spiral. It's not a linear <laughs> yes. point A to point B. Point C. He's going to do, you're going to read theology. If you read theology of the body, you're going to feel like I already read that. I already <laughs> read that. And he, he's doing this yeah. and he's spiraling in more and more. So get ready for the repetition of a theme. Mm. 
but that's how it, it screws into your psyche and your mind and heart. So let him, let him do the spiral and, like, and then it's going to pop, but get ready for the repetition of the song. Oh, it's like Ravel's Bolero, if you know that, that mm. piece of music. It's, that's, I that do not. <laughs> um, so if, if you're not ready for, for Bolero, theological <laughs> Bolero, go to um, one of the most intimate, it feels like it's coming from your spiritual father to you, essays you ever wrote, On Givenness mm. by St. John Paul II. Oh, yeah. It's called On Givenness, which I guess he made up that word. <laughs> and he's talking about a lot of the themes we mentioned yes. in this conversation. Yes. He's talking about one's beauty. He's talking about allowing the other who's not me into my heart. And uh, he talks, that's where the quote about being dazzled, wow. actually in that essay on giving. Amazing. It was published in 2006. You can find the whole PDF online. Um, I'll link it in the notes. It's to, excellent. I just want to yeah. yeah, I've never read yeah, it. That's you know, amazing. Oh, it's so good. And I... I I don't want to gush a whole bunch of different things. I just want to drop that one. Yes. Ungiven by St. John Paul II because it's muy rico. Oh. It's so good. <laughs> I can't wait. That's amazing. It's really good. And, and especially yeah. about the, this masculine initiative. And he brings in St. Yes. Joseph taking Mary into his home. Yep. It's it's awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Great. Good. Marco approved. Marco approved. Bill, it was so great <laughs> having yes, you. Thank you. Wow, you are such a thank gift. You. you are amazing. You're wow. dazzling. Yeah, Honestly, you are a dazzling, dazzling man. Yes. Gosh, that what was a gift. Incredible. You guys. Yes. Thank really, you. It, it really, it really is a gift that yes. you're here with us, Bill. And you bless us. You bless our people. You bless our ministry. Yes. And we're looking for Katie and I. Um, for those of us who don't know. We're headed out to the TOB Institute on Saturday. Yeah, a few days. So we're super excited. And um, yeah, I'll link all of this stuff in the show notes. Such a rich conversation. Yes. And so many on-ramps to yes. kind of be dazzled by what John Paul II has brought to the world. So, Bill, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we so appreciate My you, brother. My pleasure. Awesome. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes, so much. thank you. Bless you. Bless you.